0: Fanboys and Friends presents... Something's coming. A Fandom Awakens Radio spin-off podcast.
1: Something dark.
0: Same of Galaxy Far Away. I sense it. In the days of war, there was... This is a new beginning. Now, she is a ronin walking her own path. War... ...for others.
1: It's been a while. Things have changed.
0: Ahsoka Ronin, Way of the Tongue.
1: I started hearing whispers... ...about Thrawn's return. Heir to the Empire. We have to prepare for the worst. The Jedi fell a long time ago. There aren't many left.
0: It is time to begin again.
2: All right, and welcome, everybody, to the latest episode, the penultimate episode. You know, you're blinking, you miss it, because, well, we're almost done. we got one more to do. ...of Ahsoka Ronan, Way of the Tonneau. I am your host, Davidson, and your, you know, master of ceremonies, master of the show between shows. Eh, eh, I know, I know, I know, little world between worlds pun. That's what we do here. So, with me, your friend of mine, um, all the way out in uh, wonderful Dagobah, or, you know, Florida... Kyle Wagner. Kyle, how's it going, buddy?
3: It's going well. We got two big episodes of Ahsoka to talk about. Of course, as we're recording this, episode 7 just, just hit, but we are talking episodes 5 and 6, and we have two very different and very interesting episodes that I think have changed the way I've looked at this series, I'll be honest with you.
2: Oh, very much so. It's really made me look at you know, one fundamental thing. And you want to know what that is, Kyle? What's that? Then I'm like, okay, I didn't think you could pull it off, Dave, because it's such a wacky, loony idea that even when George threw it out there, I'm like, okay, can Dave really make this work? But World Between Worlds, you made it work for normies. And how did you do that? By basically making it a weird Jedi trippy druggy peyote trip,
3: yeah. Oh, let's let's talk about that because I think that's the, obviously that's the, one of the many big things that happened in Episode Five. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about that because that's kind of the, that was kind of the big elephant in the room going into this series was we all knew the world between worlds was going to be a part of this, and yeah. I one of the biggest. Issues I've had with Ahsoka, and I and I've loved the series. Don't get me wrong. But one of the right. biggest issues I've had with Ahsoka is that I feel for the people who never watched Rebels because I really do feel like in a way unintentionally the show is kind of punished them because there's a lot of cool stuff that they just don't understand because they haven't watched Rebels. Right. And well,
2: well. If I if I may interject into that point, mm-hmm. you can also say that about anything at this point because if you're not taking in every aspect of Star Wars to some degree, right, mm-hmm. then you're going to be goddamn lost.
3: But I I, th- I think in this in in this in this particular instance, David, even though yes, you got there. If you had not seen Ahsoka's appearance in The Mandalorian or Book of Boba Fett, right. you'd still be good with what's going on here. But I think he's because Dave is pulling so much of story from Rebels that mm-hmm. and again, I'm not saying this is a negative because because I don't consider it a negative per se. All I'm saying oh, no, is it's not. All I'm saying is is I feel for people who didn't watch Rebels or don't watch animated things because you're missing out on some really cool aspects of it. And that was always a little bit of my one trepidation for this show. Is like, okay, if he turns this into Rebel Season 5, and let's be honest, this is Rebel Season 5. Um,
2: sure, if you want to look at it that way.
3: Well, I, I think there's a lot of aspects of it that are Rebel Season 5.
2: There are aspects of it, but overall, yeah, I would not call it Rebel Season 5.
3: But, I, I, But one of the biggest things that he did pull from Rebels is obviously the world between worlds but I give him kudos because I truly do believe that he handled it the right way. He didn't try to go into this big explanation of what the world be- between worlds was. They set it up so it felt very Jedi and very much like a part of the Jedi sphere of things. So where you right. didn't need to create this big explanation of it even though it's a, I think it is a little bit more for those of us who've watched Rebels there's a lot more to the world between worlds than just being a Jedi for thing. But like a uh, Jedi purgatory, basically. Yeah. But, but for what how Dave handled it in this episode, I think he handled it the right way and did it in, in a way to where people who weren't familiar with the world between worlds from Rebels could still watch this episode and not feel completely lost. Because if right. you were going no, to agree, he, your...
2: he made the world between worlds seem uh, understandable to normies quote. Yeah.
3: Unquote. Well, if you were going to lose people in this series where people would probably tune out, it would be if they didn't under if they if they felt completely lost because of the world between worlds because they they might just say this is just too much for well, me, and I'm not going to go back and watch Rebel. Watch if
2: you're it. talking about how world between worlds was used in that particular season of Rebels, then yes,
3: yeah, and so he changed his approach. It was, with what
2: it. was that season four?
3: Yeah, I believe season four. But he yeah. changed his he changed his approach with it, and that's why. It, it, and he pulled it off in a way
2: that worked. Oh, I agree. I agree. But before we before we dive too much into that ah, dive, uh, there's a there's a pun for you. If you didn't see the episode, you missed that entirely. But if you didn't see the episode, why are you listening to us? But before we dive too much into World Between Worlds and its use here, let's go to the beginning of the episode where we get, obviously, the the, um, uh, previously on recap. And, you know, Kyle, i got to point something out. And uh, I've felt this since part one, Master and Apprentice, is... You know what would make this stand out more uh, as its own thing and not feel like, you know, your run-of-the-mill TV show like everything else? Mm Mm-hmm. Is have, even if it's done very sort of, um, you know, Munster Squad, 80s solo flavor kind of deal, have a scroll recapping last week instead of your previously on clip show
3: yeah i i think i think i like the idea especially as a kind of a tribute to where star wars came from but uh i think unfortunately in the modern world people want their want their clips
2: <laughs> yeah and that's really unfortunate but i just had to share that yeah. um, no. but no so we pick up at the end of episode our part Film well, episode, whatever, but part four uh and uh, you know um uh, Sabine made a deal with the devil, and they've all gone off they're away you know ahsoka she's seemingly gone we'll get back to that in a minute and uh you know hera and uh and Tiva, and and uh Jeez. the other x win pilots they're all on sea toss. And I gotta say the one shot I love is when Hera's investigating this sound, right? Mm-hmm. And you see the camera just slowly and you have poor Hugh the uh the doctor, basically, let's call it what it is, Doctor Who, Doctor Huang. Uh he's holding Sabine's helmet in uh, an I'm just like, how are you using a, a a Shakespeare Hamlet metaphor for me to love a droid even more?
3: <laughs> well, I think I think that's uh, David Tennant as Wang has been one of the scene sealers of this series without a doubt. He has, out, yeah, he has. without a doubt. And I I think when we talk about this episode, we we talk about a couple of things we talk about. There's really two story arcs going on. There's going on what's happening with Ahsoka in the world between worlds. And there's what's happening there within the, on the planet with Jason Sandula and his mom and what, what's and the aspects of both of those characters. And what I I'll focus on the. I think
2: I think it's more mainly Jason. You know, Hera seems to be the typical mom card of basically placating your son.
3: Well, yes and no, because I think Hera realizes there's more to Jason, and that that's been hinted at, and the fact that he can hear the lightsaber battle that's happening in the world between. Right,
2: but she's also hesitant because let's say this kid doesn't end up trained, right. Mm
3: -hmm it's
2: not going to be good news for Hera at all.
3: Well, and and it's, it's one of those things too, where, you know, Hera's probably kind of a little bit hesitant considering what happened to her husband.
2: Right. And his yeah. father,
3: because of being a Jedi. <laughs> right.
2: So, right. Well, there's that too. There's that. Now well, I'm going to ask you something.
3: Mm-hmm. The
2: shot where Hugh Wayne's holding the helmet. Right. Mm -hmm. And he says, they never listen. And then he says the line again, they never listen. Now, again, David Tennant does that cadence so well, so nuanced and later just in two deliveries of that line. Right. Mm -hmm. But did that second part feel like, you know, he's basically also reflecting a bit on the fact that the Jedi Padawans he trained never listened to him.
3: Well, it's that, and I think I think it's the same. I think it's also just in general about the Jedi; they don't listen.
2: Well, yeah, but if, I'm thinking in particular to that one Clone Wars episode where we met Hugh Wayne.
3: Yeah, no, I mean, I, it, it ties into that, and I think it ties into his whole experience with the Jedi and being such an integral part of knowing their history. Right. No, it does. Yeah,
2: and but, and. But He's had even... the what two hundred and fifty thousand years, so technically can be in the Mangold movie.
3: Yeah, well, but to me too, that wasn't even his best line in the in the episode because the fact that when he gets we he gets to name drop K- Kanan in the episode.
2: Now, okay, when that happened, my first thought, well, two thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. One was. um you know Carson's reaction just felt like every normie watching the who did not watch Rebels. It's like, oh, all right, right. Mm-hmm. And two, one of them made more sense to put uh, Jarrus in, like uh, you know Jason Sindu like a middle name.
3: Well, yeah, yeah. It's it's hard to say, but so I'm I'm, I'm going to throw out a thought, David, and I have held this for. Or I have not said this to you, yet, off mic, on mic, or anything. I have a theory. What? Everybody is talking about what is Dave going to do when he's done telling the story of Ahsoka. Yeah. Dave's next project is the story of Jason Dula. Nah, I don't think so. I... I I I think I mean as
2: of right now I'm 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 firmly sounding as no. I I, I think, think
3: so. it, I think he's planting some seed, some very early seeds. I there.
2: I really don't think so, Kyle. And let's let's stay focused on where we are. Okay? Oh no, I'm
3: staying focused. I'm just throwing this out. I'm just throwing this no, no, no. out. No, 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 no.
2: Let's stay focused on where we are. All right. I don't think we're going to get a lot with Jason Sandula anytime soon.
3: Well, I'm not. Did I, I, I say we will?
2: Soon? I think we will at some point, but I don't think anytime soon.
3: I think. I think. I. I think by the time we get to Dave's movie, there's a, going to be a very important piece for Jason Sandula to play. If that's the
2: case, lose the green hair, kid.
3: So, but that again, that's just me. That's just me throwing out, throwing out. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, could we off. could we stay focused here? Oh no, I, I'm I'm staying focused. I, I I'm throwing out this one thing, and then that's I'm I'm leaving it just something to consider in the ether later on down the road.
2: Oh, I've considered, and the answer is still no.
3: Oh, for you, <laughs> yes, but
2: so no. But, overall, the answer is no because I really don't think so at the moment.
3: Well, I I, I think too in the aspect of and then within the episode with and what what I'm going to talk what the reason and there's things that happen in this episode that. Make me think that because obviously he hears the battle, and mm-hmm. even even Ahsoka is kind of when when Ahsoka is returns from the world between worlds, and she hears and Jason brings that. No, no,
2: that, no, stop! You're glossing over the world between worlds. No, you're, no, no. You're I, I'm not going to go back and talk about that.
3: We are going to talk about that. I'm I'm just bring I'm bringing up this one point is that bring it up I,
2: later. Don't gloss okay. over the world between worlds. Bring okay, it up later. I, I,
3: I was going to say about Kasoka's astonishment of him hearing the lightsaber battle.
2: Yeah, bring that up later, man. We, we, don't gloss over something like the world between worlds. I wasn't going to gloss over when when I'm it. when I'm impressed to the point where I didn't think Filoni would use it and he used it effectively because let's be honest here. All right, If mm-hmm. you did a one-on-one translation of the world between worlds, right? Mm-hmm. Like right from season four of Rebels into this, straight translation, I guarantee you, what would have happened? And you want people, to know what that is?
3: Oh, I, I personally think people would have been confused and like, what the hell is going on? And they would have
2: turned Disney Plus off. Exactly. Can we agree on that? They oh yeah, we are. We are in 100% off.
3: agreement on that. You cannot, Dave, cannot use world between worlds in this show like he used it in Rebels.
2: you know what the other you know what the other thing uh, that would have caused that if you did a one-on-one translation if you tried to make the mortis gods a live action concept
3: i i i i think we've sailed the the ship on the mortis gods and i'm i think we just need to let that be we've had that experience i don't think we need right
2: right yeah what I'm saying is they're both equal in, in the in the sort of realm of, um, you know, how do you do this?
3: Well, I I, I think the only way I would want to see the Mortis, anything with Mortis come back around, if it's something that's so new and not tied into pre-existing things, and it, I, I, then I can roll with it. But to try to bring Mortis back under the current circumstances, you're just going to confuse the living hell out of it.
2: Yes, which is why I'm I'm glad that you know even if the I'm just gonna say it I'm glad that even if the rumors were true, and episode nine at one time was going to use Mortis, yeah, you'd have the same amount of goddamn confusion as you would here.
3: You'd have you'd have the same amount of confusion as people had after episode, as some people had after episode eight. So yeah.
2: Well, I was trying to go a little less controversial with my take. No, thank I thank you I very get it. much for steering it in the direction that's taken what seventeen months to get the kids to calm down.
3: Oh, I, I'm not, I'm not steering it anywhere. I'm just making make, making my observation. But no, the point, but the point is this: it, Mortis. I think if you try to put the whole Mortis arc into anything right now, it's just going to cause confusion convolution is going to turn people off, just like now, if, you, if you would have done a one-to-one translation of the World Between Worlds.
2: That is true. Now, before we talk more about World Between Worlds and its use here, let me toss this at you, Kyle, if mm-hmm. I may. Do you think uh, the, the setting for the Mangold movie is more a sort of so far removed, so far detached playground to at least and contemplate
3: something like Mortis. I don't know because we don't know enough about what Mangold wants to do. And with Mangold, it's—I have learned with James Mangold, just let him do his thing and see what and see what he's going he's going to produce. Because, right, if you try to speculate on what James Mangold is going to do, you're going to put yourself in a very very frustrating place because that little... is true.
2: That is true. I think a lot of kids did that in June.
3: Well, I, I I think he's one of those directors that he, he knows what he's doing and he knows his direction that he wants to go in with something. Mm-hmm. And you just have to agree to get on the ride and go with it.
2: I just thought I toss that out there yeah. because it seems like a fairly legit. I, I, I,
3: I think, I think if you're going to revisit Mortis, it's somewhere where it's got to be, so far in the past or so far in the future that it just doesn't affect anything that's happening right and that's why i bring up the
2: comparison where having it having it 30 years removed from the original trilogy time would not have worked at all
3: no it it, it has to be if you're going to do that i think you have to have at least gone through a have established at least a generational, at least a one generational removal from the current star Wars.
2: I agree because kids, if you think it would have worked in episode nine, I have some real estate on most of her. I want to talk to you about,
3: but let's, let's get, let's get back to the episode. Cause let's talk about, yeah. The no,
2: I agree. I agree. Let's, let's talk about world between worlds and how it's used here. As I was saying at the top of the show, I think that it's probably it almost felt like, and I don't want to say this in a way that makes people feel normies feel bad about themselves, but kind of I also say it in, in fun and in jest, which is kind of what we do here. It it kind of felt like world between worlds for dummies.
3: Well, I mean you know what it was, it was world between worlds light.
2: Well, that that does seem like a less offensive description, yes.
3: Yes. I I think I think the idea here was and I think you hit it on the head a little bit earlier when you called it Jedi purgatory. Yeah. Because I while it really wasn't portrayed that way in Rebels, no
2: it wasn't. In Rebels it was um far more confusing use.
3: I think here what the world between worlds was used to do was to be a test for Ahsoka,
2: like a like a final lesson kind of
3: a deal. So here here's what I think, and this is and I think I think as we've gone through the episodes, it's proven itself out. At least in my opinion, is that I know and bear with me here for a minute, David, because sure. I know a lot of people had a complaint. In the earlier episodes of Ahsoka, before this episode, people complaining, no, uh, no, and but I, and I think there, I think there was a little bit of fairness to this that Ahsoka felt a little wooden, and that Ahsoka just didn't seem like it was quite like the ah- Ahsoka now.
2: Are you talking those uh, the two and three to two middle episodes, basically?
3: Yeah, yeah, but okay. let me let me preference this by saying. After this episode, I believe that was done intentionally, and yeah,
2: because it's a Gandalf the White, Gandalf the Grey, Gandalf the White change.
3: Well, kind kind of that, but I think I think there's something else there too. Okay, is that one of the things that I truly believe that this series for Dave was about was Ahsoka. The weight Ahsoka carried, and I think there was hints of this in Mandalorian, in her Mandalorian episode. I don't think so much in her appearance in Book of Boba Fett because that was she was kind of a light-hearted Ahsoka there. Right. But obviously, yeah. in the time frame that passed from her appearance in that that season of, of Book of Boba Fett to now, which we know is a significant, it's a fairly significant piece of time, it's not like um, it was a six. I month would thing. say so. Yeah, It's congruent
2: with season three of Mandalorian, yeah. isn't it?
3: Well, that's what they're they're hinting at. So we'll see. Right. Um but what what I'm going to say is this is that there were events that happened that have put weight on Ahsoka and I think we've learned we're learning now that Ahsoka carried a lot more burden than we maybe cared to realize or accept about leaving the Jedi order and maybe the there's a guilt factor she has that if she would have stayed maybe Anakin wouldn't have turned into Vader and well yes so i think the point of this ep the one of the biggest points of this episode was to have ahsoka deal with that burden to deal with those emotions and then as she comes out of the episode and even now i can you can see it in rosario's performance even at the end of this episode and in the next episode episode is her Ahsoka seems like she has less weight on her. She feels a little lighter. She feels like she has a little bit more of that young Ahsoka energy again. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She feels more like she's reverted back to uh, Clone Wars Ahsoka, early Clone Wars Ahsoka that wasn't so burdened by Anakin's issues.
3: Yeah. I, I think. I think she still carries a weight and has an understanding and respect of it. Now,
2: not not the snippy Artui Ahsoka, because yeah, no, um, yeah. No, you don't want, uh you know, Star Wars fans to vomit again.
3: I, I would, I would actually say she's probably a little bit closer to the Ahsoka we saw at the end of Clone, end of the, that last season of Clone Wars.
2: You mean the end of seven?
3: The end of seven. That version of it, where she didn't know Anakin was Vader, she didn't know everything Anakin had done yet. Right. Yeah. But but she 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 had matured and grown. I think that's the version of Ahsoka we've kind of gotten back to here with who has a little bit of sense of fun still to her and not right. everything is doom and gloom because I think that is one of the reasons why we're going to find out is one of the reasons why she had such a hard time connecting with Sabine as training Sabine is because of the own, of, of the own burdens that Ahsoka was carrying that she was trying to exercise through training by training Sabine, and that's why it yeah, didn't work
2: with Sabine. Yeah, Ahsoka kind of let go of her own crap, so right. basically that was interfering with her. Um, I want to I talk about, you know, something that ran uh, a bit personal to me, and then we'll talk more about, like, the little, obviously, Ahsoka Tano, this is your life sort of clips we get. But what i what this episode did you know take away the the fancy toothpicks lightsabers, take away the star the star warsiness of it all, but for me, what this episode did was it kind of touched upon the yeah, I had the same uh guilt and burden for a long time, but You know what's interesting is what mine was tied to was feeling like the biggest failure in my father's eyes because I, because after my full transparency brain was attacked by a virus, (laughs) sound familiar, at the age of three, I spent a long time feeling like a failure. Because I could not be the, I could not live up to, sorry, this is hard to get out, but I could not live up to the expectations of the son my father wanted. So I put a kind of heaviness on me for too many years of my life. And, you know, that and living with brain damage and. And just, you know, the overall feeling like a failure weighed down on me for about 30 some years, drove me to a very dark spot. Uh, And when I say dark, I think uh, you or anybody on the Internet, especially after um, a little situation a few weeks ago, but I think we can all figure out what that dark spot would have been. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what, that's kind of what this episode did for me. Um, and, and overall, that's what Star Wars has always done for me. That's why I don't care for any of this bullshit or noise that fans want to make. And you're not getting your way. And, and I'm just like, you know what? That's not important. What's important is how it is to me. That's what's important. You know, and granted, you have yours. You know, Joe Schmo has theirs. Average Joe has theirs. That's, that's great. But we can all find a way to be one fandom again. And this constant drawing lines in the goddamn sand, you're you're a real fan. You're an original trilogy fan. You're a prequel fan. You're a sequel fan. You're a Resistance fan. You're a Clone Wars fan. Is bullshit. Because at the end of the day, none of that matters. Not one bit. There, I'm I'm done with my little sharing
1: okay,
3: so, and pedestal here. So. This is this is this is the thing for me. This is this is my perspective, and we all Go have ahead. different perspectives.
2: Yeah, of course, we do. That's what makes this shit fun.
3: Is that at the end of the day, unless something is within a story is just so blatantly wrong and out of place that we can all agree that mm-hmm. something went wrong. Yeah. I truly do believe we need to stop telling people they're wrong because they enjoyed something or they didn't enjoy something. 100%. I don't think
2: actually 1000%. And Kyle, you, you and I have been doing this long enough to know that I'm not
3: trying to suggest that at all. So, okay. Yeah, I know that. And, you know, you and I have our disagreements about certain aspects. Of, oh, of, of
2: course, yeah. We well, have our different ungu- views. It's all good we, fun.
3: But 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 here's, here, here's to me, ultimately, the thing is that we should not, we spent, we, we, as fans, and this, uh, this is off on a tangent, but I think it, it's pertinent to what you just said. Yeah. As fans, we spent, Waste more time and more energy getting mad because somebody dislikes something we like or vice versa instead of just going, Hey, cool, that's your opinion now, yes, I get as much as frustrated as anybody who just goes, well, this sucks and then doesn't doesn't justify it why right. why yeah, it does yeah. if you don't like it, be ready to at least Say why you don't like it. Don't just say you don't like it because you just feel like I'm just going to be, I don't like this. Give me, if you can give me your argument and your emotions on that, I'll respect that. Will I agree with that? Possibly yes, possibly no, but I will respect it. And maybe you can shine some light on me that I would look at it at a different perspective that would be more open to your perspective. Totally. But that, but that is the problem. Not only. But that's in our in our world today, and I'll do, I'm, I'm not going to go into all of it. Rant, but no, no, um,
2: but it is applicable.
3: Yeah, it's applicable in this in this aspect. It's okay to have varying varying opinions. It's okay for everybody to have a different like level on something, and not it. It's fine. It's that's the way it should be because we sh- aren't drones. We aren't one big hive mind. We have independent thought and we should not be punishing people who have independent thought and independent ideas we can say we don't agree with those ideas we can say we have a differencing of opinion but as long as those ideas are not inherently incredibly evil or harmful and it's just a matter of different Of opinions because of why you like something And why you don't there's nothing wrong with that And nobody's right and nobody's wrong There's no right or wrong here There's opinion and there's what you like And what you don't like And you know I, I can say this at least for me And I'll keep it to the Star Wars realm I have been Of a merry mixed bag Since Disney took over Star Wars There's been some stuff I've absolutely Loved there's been decisions made that I haven't agreed with and I haven't liked, but that doesn't mean I hate Star Wars. I just don't certain aspects that they've right. done. Uh, you
2: know, I, I'm just gonna say to add to that, you're also in Florida, so any decisions Disney makes is like hypersensitive to you, anyway.
3: Yeah, there, there, there's that too, but I mean, mm-hmm. it's just on a personal it's on a personal level. The right. You know Well, but
2: um, but you do acknowledge there is that.
3: Oh yeah, there is that. But I mean, that doesn't yeah. influence influence my decision making. But it's for some other people. It it it's an aspect of it to because you're. Uh, no, you know, I
2: agree. I agree. But,
3: but so long you know, as
2: we're on the same page of uh, yeah. but, of going know, out the obvious.
3: You know, it, it, it's it's I'll I'll say it with Ahsoka. I in my to this point with Ahsoka. I think Ahsoka is one of the top two things as far as a Disney Plus show that Star Wars has done.
2: Uh, it is, yeah.
3: I, I have I have no problem saying that. It is, is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. But its imperfections are my opinion. I'm not trying to force that opinion on anybody. I podcast no. about it because you know what? I like having the conversations with people. I like right. when people give me their their their, their version of it too because i'm 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 down for listening to the idea as long as you're willing to communicate back and forth and not just make it a one-sided conversation
2: different views and opinions what a shocking concept
3: and 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 the and the aspect of it is we might both teach each other something by the end of the conversation or at least walk away saying god that person maybe i have some respect for that person's views because he came he came with me with Something like, that. or we might just walk away saying, God, what an idiot. And he just, you
2: know, what you know, what I'm gonna say, and I'll be fully transparent about this. I and I say this with nothing but love, big guy. I always come away with some different view, different way of thinking, you know, talking with you. So, thank you for that.
3: Well, I, I, I try, and I, you know, you did the same for me, so but the The whole aspect of this conversation is also ties into this episode because I think where we are at in fandom is that I think sometimes we we carry too much of a fandom burden, and that is yeah, that, we do
2: we do I really burden, love I really love that transition because it carries a lot
3: of weight in this because the fandom burden is this, and I actually believe this is our burden that we all carry as fans is. We always want it to stay this, the, the way we like it. But right. you know what? It's impossible for that to happen because here's why it's impossible for that to happen is because there's always going to be different creators and there's always going to be a different view and there's always going to be a different perspective. Well, and, now, p- point
2: counterpoint, I'll just raise you this. We're also watching Star Wars as grown ass adults.
3: Right. And well and that's the other that's the other aspect of this is that you have Star Wars is generational now so you have right. different people who grew up with different generations of Star Wars it's not like it, me and it's generational
2: like it's not just an idea that was in v- VHS promos to sell umpteen copies back in the day
3: and people who grew up with Star Wars seeing the original trilogy When it initially came out, compared to people who saw the original trilogy after it had been out for years and years and didn't experience that initial release and newness of Star Wars Mm -hmm. for across the country and across the world, are going to have a different perspective. So it's all there's so many things to take into it, and that's where we get back to the get back. Around about after a really crazy deed tour, which happens in the world between worlds. Um, yeah, it does. Is is that's the story of Ahsoka? Because Ahsoka's journey did not go the way Ahsoka planned. No. And the great thing about this episode and what happens in the world between worlds is, we it deals with Ahsoka's own doubts and struggles. And you see that in the manifestation of Anakin, because mm-hmm. Anakin is. Ahsoka's center as a Jedi, and there is conflict because here is somebody who was her master, who trained her, and then went to the dark side. And what I loved about how they flash back going through the Clone Wars, and we'll, we'll talk about the aspects of a live just seeing the Clone any aspects of the Clone Wars in live action. But what I loved was you see the flaws that were in Ahsoka's Jedi training. Because right. it's even said she, her Jedi training was as a soldier, not as a peacekeeper, but as a soldier. That is how
2: Anakin trained. Her. Right, right. I want to talk about this one thing that I'm sure you heard on a lot of other shows was a very hot button issue.
3: Was that Anakin? I think it was. I think it I Am I going to? I think it was a manifestation of Anakin. I don't necessarily say it was the true Anakin Skywalker. I think it was. Yeah, it was I
2: I don't think so because the true Anakin Skywalker was pretty much gone by I, I think, this time in the timeline. Anyway,
3: I think it was the world between worlds manifestation of Anakin Skywalker through a Ahsoka's subconscious.
2: Ah, uh, you mean like a like a. Ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future kind of deal?
3: A bit of that, but I also, I also, th- there was aspects of Anakin Skywalker that were beyond Ahsoka in that, because the world between worlds knows of Anakin's story and Anakin's presence, and it added that to that because it knew the burden Ahsoka was carrying. Now,
2: yes, before we continue, I just gotta say, yeah, because I can hear them right now. Yes, yes, kids, I know, this is Set in that Mandalorian timeline, in that kind of, uh, you know, years past for J, Anakin's already dead. But as far as this goes, in the sort of Clone Wars flashbacks we have, and that Anakin she remembers, yeah, that Anakin is the idea of what he was before. So, yes, I know my homework, so I, calm down.
3: So I I think the Anakin that we saw wasn't like true force ghost Anakin. Right. I think it was a combination of Ahsoka's own subconscious and what the world, the presence and the, the energy that's in the world between worlds added to that. Right. That, that makes sense. And so it was, it was a reflective lesson from the force through Ahsoka's subconscious to teach her this final lesson of Anakin where from Anakin and the force teaching her the final lesson of do you choose to be a soldier or do you choose to be a Jedi?
2: Right. I got to point out the lightsaber fighting is top notch. It. Oh yeah. It,
3: it, the, the lightsaber fighting was very good in this and, and, you know, well, let's let's talk about it because we see the basically the Clone Wars in live action, and it's done incredibly well. Yeah. Um, now,
2: I'm I'm just gonna guess from the colors they were using, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of that foggy, hazy colors. We got three areas, and tell me if I'm right, okay?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Teth.
3: Yep. The Ryloth. initial battle where they first met.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teth, Ryloth, and Mandalore, right? And right, I mean, the last one's pretty obvious when you see the well, the corny sort of uh head, basically.
3: Well, and, and the point, and I think the point of doing those last two battles, were, were the aspects where Ahsoka wasn't part of that battle for Anakin, and Anakin wasn't part of the battle on Mandalore,
2: right? Right. Yeah. Was to
3: was to show examples of how each character had, how each of them had changed in their time apart.
2: Right. You know, I was telling you shortly after part five premiered uh I was telling you off mic that as a guy who I'm just gonna say it really didn't want Clone Wars to be anything but live action. God, I was so fucking happy. I was so goddamn happy.
3: Okay, so I I wanna say this because I think We have to take some consideration into this in the Mm -hmm. aspect of, at the time Clone Wars came out, yeah, there's no way they pull that off as a live-action TV show.
2: Oh, no, I I don't disagree. And I think... I do not, I 100% do not disagree with that.
3: I think it was great for everybody to have this live-action moment to revisit Clone Mm -hmm. Wars. And I I say with pretty co- well confidence I wouldn't I don't nothing's been announced and nothing's been confirmed I know there's been some rumors out there on the internet some people have said some things but as the strikes end and then stuff starts coming out that's when I'll believe it's 100 percent solid but I'm gonna be I will be honest when I say I could see some kind of mini ser- Clone Wars live action mini series maybe six episodes or a film one one or the other. Right, be done. Not, I, I I just don't know what direction. Look,
2: absolutely not six episodes. Look, well, but, eight episodes I'm great with. Nine episodes I'm great with. Six, yeah. Secret Invasion was my breaking point on six. I'm like, well, no. but, but, but
3: but what I'm saying is is in the, in this aspect, I don't think you can go with a longer Clone, clone Wars live action series because you're revisiting such a. Already pretty well known time, and I, I I think there's a group of Star Wars fans who are just ready to move forward.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that. So, but but they you, did... I'm going to toss this out to you.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What if it was the um, the Clone Wars stuff unfinished, but you basically took that and gave it this treatment?
3: I I just don't know because I I, I want to. Right now, I need Dave to just focus on what he's doing. And the problem is, is if you go back in Clone Wars, Dave's going to want to be involved in it.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. It, it's, it was just a fun little yeah. food for thought. But, you know, I love. Have... I, have... lo- go ahead. Okay. I have to bring this up because I think it's very important to talk about, right? Because uh, we've seen you know, effects of making a younger quote-unquote version of the character. Um, and we know how that goes over with you, and we damn sure know how it goes over with me. But here, I love what they did where they didn't de-age Rosario. Uh, they didn't, um, you know, chance Ashley or de-age Ashley or anything like that. They brought in another actress to play a younger Ahsoka, Ariana Greenblatt, who was just recently in uh, that. I'll call it. I'll call it what it is: a billion-dollar Barbie. Um, she was also in that movie Sixty Five with Adam Driver, and uh, you know she's she's a, a pretty powerful little actress for you know.
3: Oh come! come on! Years you're old you're, you're leaving out. You're leaving out the most important one. She was Young Gamora. In Endgame. Oh
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I I tend not to think about Marvel when I'm podcasting Star Wars that much. <laughs> it's just kind of my deal. But what a what a powerful little actress for just sixteen, building quite a resume. But what I like about it about it Kyle is not only did she do a great job and the fact that you know it hurts more when you see in live action the child soldiers thing than it does in animation it just has a slightly different impact when you see it in live action but well, yeah but
3: you're right you're always going to have a different view of something in live action compared to animation. No, I understand that. But
2: what I like about it is you're sharing the character and you're not, I mean, you're still having that real element there. You know what I mean? You're not, because I'm sorry. I don't care if you want to use the subject involved case in point with Mark and uh, the deep fake to Luke.
3: Well, okay, so I'm just okay. gonna
2: say there's there's to me there's very little real about that when you're well, basically using visual effects to create a false image that was the guy but forty six years ago.
3: No, well, it's like I, that I,
2: doesn't I, exist anymore.
3: Yeah, well, but so here here here's some obvious differences. Well, but
2: you see what I mean, though.
3: Yeah, but but what well, here's like I said, this was here. Here's the obvious difference is that, um, you know, with Mark, you had a body double. You you use that obviously with Ahsoka, you're talking a totally different body type as well. Right. So you, yeah. You can't yeah, just exactly. use the the de- de- aging aspect there, but what I, I'm again, just
2: saying. That I could see the temptation there, and I'm glad they resisted that. Well, they re-
3: yeah, they resisted. I think they resisted it, but I also think they didn't really. They 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 still did it a little bit with Hayden, but I think it. I think in the aspect of how they handled it with Hayden, it uh, well, a little because- bit.
2: But but let's be honest. What 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 was passable there mm-hmm. is Faloni did with that what. What Deborah Chow didn't even bother with in Kenobi, and all of a sudden you have forty-year-old Padawan jokes.
3: Yeah, no, but the, the, the like I said, the other aspect—can
2: we can we agree on that one? Yeah,
3: yeah but the, like I said, the other a, the other aspect of it is too is because this is a manifestation of Anakin. Right. You can get and kind of the mystic of it. You get away with it a little easier because if Anakin doesn't look quite like Anakin, there's a reason for that.
2: Right, yeah, yeah, but that, Kyle, I'm just gonna say that that opinion's kind of borderlining on that Andy Muschietti wow, flash thing, where it's like, well, we wanted the effects to look bad.
3: Yeah, well, I'm not. Got, it wasn't anything like that, but
2: I, I know. Thank God. I'm just saying that rationale was teetering very close to that.
3: Yeah, yeah. You no, and I, I,
2: I both know when Andy Muschietti said that, we're like,
3: what. No, I, I, I get it, but the 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 ultimate thing with this episode too, David, is is this is that I really think this was the a key episode for the Ahsoka character, and it, it really, was. it really was a growth episode for Ahsoka, and obviously it, I think it kind of closed the chapter on the first half of this season because I think going forward, you know, with her and we haven't even hit on this yet the, the the amazing scenes of her with the whales
2: right 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 you know what when when they found her first of all i love how the world between worlds went from the the um the you know how it looks to just going back to the water mm-hmm. right very sort of uh, almost like an imax uh, aspect ratio change i kind of like that but when they when they got her out of the water, and uh, she's waking up the next morning, you know what I couldn't help but think.
3: What's that? I couldn't help
2: but think of a song. You know what that is?
3: What, what song is that?
2: Wake up, sweet soaker, Wake up. Uh,
3: I wake apologize. Up, sweet
2: nice. soaker,
3: Wake up. Okay. We're gonna we're gonna cut you off. Don't make me cut you off, David
2: oh god uh you, come on you're telling me you couldn't you didn't help but think about that
3: no no more blue milk for you
2: <laughs> okay just don't spike it with some green and we're good <laughs>
3: But I, I think ultimately with this episode, now I think it, it is
2: interesting to see her uh without her head. Head. head yeah,
3: and... no, I'm not, I, but I think I, I think it. What they did here with 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 this too ultimately is you see a very different Ahsoka come out of this. And yeah, I, you do. And it's like I, like I said, this this is. It's also at this point where I see a seed set up for what I was talking about earlier with uh, Jason. It's just the, the fact of how astonished Ahsoka was that he heard the lightsaber fight in the world between Worlds. Yep. Yeah. I,
2: look, I, look. I'm not overall disagreeing. I'm just tabling the whole Jason Syndulla thing right now.
3: No, right? I, 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 like I said, it's it's one of those things you put in the vault and say,
2: "Yeah, right. we need to we need but, to save the
3: Save this idea because we're coming dude, back to this at some point.
2: Dude, if Filoni likes using EU pools, yeah, we had a Jason where things didn't work out that well.
3: Yeah, well, you know. But Jason is also one of Filoni's creations. so
2: Just, well, but regardless of that, yeah, I'm yeah. just saying, you you and I know 1,000% 1, that if we started down that road... Mm-hmm. You know exactly where people would take it.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, I'm not worried about that road right now. I know you're not. Well, what, well, what, well, what, what I, what I am worried about though is I, I do want to wrap up this episode because we still got another episode to talk about. And, but with this, with this episode, I think this episode was the emotional punch for Ahsoka in this. And I think this was the episode that. Well, we gotta we, talk
2: about that. Be, that final sequence of beauty.
3: Yeah, uh, the, the final sequence with the whales is absolutely gorgeous.
2: It's go- Look, I did not get to see it on the big screen because I know they did like a like a a, a fan celebration yeah. thing, right? Yeah. And one, I had to work anyway, unfortunately. And two, I live out in Indiana. Indiana's like the Tatooine of states. We don't get nice things out here, apparently.
3: Well, that's that's true. So.
2: Kyle, I'm sure Florida does a little bit better than we do.
3: Yeah, but you forget where I grew up. You want to talk about not getting the things.
2: Oh, gee. Okay, all right. I I I re I rewind my statement just a little bit. <laughs> but
3: no, I mean I mean
2: you grew up in Alaska, my boy. How the how in the world did you pull that off? Is like, oh.
3: But I mean, again. Too, David, is that you know, I you talked about it is the aspect of this the fact that this show um, really well, the, the theatrical showing of it, but this did feel like a movie episode. It did.
2: Uh, I, I, I think- fa- look when the episode leaves me one in awe and two yelling at the heavens uh much like the the arnold total rico line of get your ass to Mars mm-hmm. right i was i was literally looking at star wars yelling get your ass back to the theater <laughs> do it do it now do it do it now
3: but i i i, I, uh, think I know that... i can
2: see you cringe in my arnold
3: yeah, impression yeah this, this little bit i'm tired too but um, yeah
0: yeah yeah
3: but here here I think the other aspect to all this with this with this particular episode is there is a reason why they made it a, a theatrical release. There's a reason why they gave this episode a little more. It was directed and written by Dave. who did a right. f- fantastic job with this episode. Um, I think when we go back and look at the series, this is going to be one of the and look at Star Wars as it stands right now. This episode is going to be one of those key episodes in the overall story arcs. It will
2: be, yeah, definitely. So with with that, I mean, I, this
3: was a phenomenal... I mean, I'll,
2: I'll just tell you before we move on to the next episode, mm-hmm. I have, and I look at it every time I'm podcasting with you, buddy, mm-hmm. I have my uh, Mandalorian Season 2 Ahsoka Hot Toy. As mm-hmm. soon as I saw her step out of that ship, I'm just like, where's my Ahsoka the White? <laughs> Where is it? Where is it, Hot Toys? Where is it?
3: Well, with that, let's move on to episode six, because right. episode David, six, I'm going to be honest. Far, I'm, far away. Yeah, far, far away. First time ever in Star Wars those words had been uttered by a character, by the way.
2: Yes, and, and can I be the first to say, right, and and Kyle, you being a big Doctor Who fan, I know you'll agree with me. Can we get David Tennant to narrate some audiobooks, please?
3: I think he's done a few, but yeah, I'd like to see him do some Star
2: Wars audiobooks. I'm sure he's done some Doctor Who audiobooks.
3: Yeah, so, but I'm not that versed
2: in the Hoovian.
3: Yeah, I I, I absolutely love this episode. This might, episode six to me, might be my favorite episode of Ahsoka so far. Right.
2: You know what I find hilarious? What's that? If you go back to 2002, Mm or. No, I'm sorry. 2022. I'm like, what am I doing? But if you go back to 2022, I know most people don't want to do that, but still, Dave Filoni told us where Ahsoka was. You remember that moment where Andy Gutierrez was interviewing him on stage? You, you,
3: you mean, you mean Ezra and Thrawn? Uh huh. Yes, I, I do remember that moment.
2: Yeah that I'm I was looking back at that video um and I sent you a on Instagram about it but I was looking back at that and I was like felony you dog <laughs> you clever minx
3: oh come on he's Look had this at you.
2: About, well, he's i had this, see you
3: i have a feeling when it all comes in done, said and done dave's had this whole story written for a very long time yeah probably but I love this episode, and I loved it for a lot of reasons. One, I'm actually kind of glad we got a break from Ahsoka in this episode. Yes, we had the cool little opening aspect with her and Huang, and which um, is like a
2: well, yeah. I think it was a it was a book of Boba Fett sandwich sized appearance, basically, wasn't it?
3: But yeah, basically, but it worked for this episode because it did. I loved getting seeing more of the expanded characters in this series especially everything that's going on with sabine mm-hmm. and just I'm, I'm sorry and i'm gonna say this and i've said this on other shows my favorite parts of ahsoka so far and my yeah. most my favorite most in characters that have intrigued me the most are Balin and shin there, there is something about the chemistry between these two as master and apprentice what is Balin's agenda what is he really after and Ray Stevenson I'm sorry and I, it, it kills me because we I know we're not going to see him anymore but he has been the man on this show he every I, I kid, agree he steals 100 yeah. percent
2: absolutely he is he is by far uh, he is by far what I would have pictured Vader to be if he were older and not in the Iron Lawn.
3: Yeah. The The other aspect. And, of- and
2: you know what? I know a lot of girls would be screaming, going, no, but I love Hayden. I'm like, sorry. Hmm. You know, Ray Stevenson is what I personally see an older Anakin, it if be a Ben Vader and not in the Iron Lawn. Yeah.
3: But the, the other aspects of this, there's, there's a lot that happens in this episode, obviously. Obviously, the big things, and we'll just put them out there now. We finally get Thrawn. We finally get Ezra in this episode.
2: Right. And we see, we see uh, uh, three great mothers. And you know what my first thought is? What's Not that? the episode itself. My mm-hmm. first thought is, gee, Hocus Pocus 3 is looking on fire.
3: <laughs> Here's the thing with that, at least for me. Yes. If you would have told me when this series was starting that the Knight Sisters were going to play as big of a role in this series as they have, I would have said, really? Because I wasn't seeing it coming. No, I wasn't either. And I, I give Dave all the credit in the world for how he incorporated them into this, how he's taken that aspect of what we thought was pretty much wrapped up in Clone Wars. Right. And made it so infinitely important and has made it to where it's to me changed the narrative on certain aspects of this, of this story. Uh, I, what's I, that, what's
2: now, ahead head I, I think the difference with that is not putting it on that again.
3: Yeah. Well, there's, there's that. And yeah, go, going to the planet was obviously done by the people who created either Dune or the, um, Beginning early planet in the Chronicles of Riddick with all those crazy statues. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But to see these Night Sisters and then to see them working with Thrawn and how much that is a surprising factor because you would not expect to see Thrawn working with Night Sisters. But that, no, you wouldn't. But that adds to bringing Thrawn in and it adds to the character of Thrawn and the aspect of Thrawn is always working what's going to be the best situation for Thrawn and playing that playing that three-dimensional chess when everybody's just playing one otherwise playing one-dimensional chess right and that of course that gets us to Thrawn and Lars Mickelson who of course did the voice for Thrawn in Rebels I thought was phenomenal as Thrawn in this and just how he carries himself how he portrays himself how he talks with the night sisters how he gives Sabine the ability to go find Ezra, but yet every angle he's working is to his benefit. Right, yeah. And it's so classic, Thrawn, and it's so well done. And to add into that with the Thrawn and the Night Sisters aspect, mm-hmm. and then to see him being worshipped by his army almost in a cult like status.
2: Oh, yeah, I would say so.
3: And right, see, down,
2: right down to the music, which I'm like has just been on fire with this series.
3: And to see the creativity in these stormtrooper armors, they're damaged, but they're repaired with gold. A little bit of a Japanese culture tribute there. But I also now truly believe I've, I, I see the direction the show is going as far as the th- what's the Thrawn aspect of it is, what Thrawn's, at least part of what Thrawn's plan is. And David, I'm going to throw it out to you because I, I'm, I'm curious to see if you agree with me. Mm-hmm. So we've involved the Night Sisters, which is a yeah. key point, and we talk about and Thron talks about how he's going to have to use their magics again. I also look at the aspect of I look at the cargo that Thron was loading up onto his, onto the ship, and all that cargo was about coffin size. And we've already seen a resurrected character in the series in Merrick. And I think that was done intentionally because I have a feeling there's many of Thrawn's left remaining forces that are have a little bit more reanimated to it than we care to admit.
2: You mean uh, are you suggesting we'd see a zombie
3: rogue? I I, I think we have uh or the, rook uh, or whatever that guy's name I, I think was. we have the stormtroopers of the dead.
2: Well, you know, without getting too much into uh, uh, the the next episode, I'll just say you better hope that's the case with those goffins because those night troopers, mm-hmm. by the way,
3: I'm, I'm are, not, you kind of come, I'm not come saying up with a better name than that. What's that? Night trooper? Ball? I'm not saying all of them are, are armies of the dead, but I think there's, I think Thrawn has a plot and it involves, uh, night sister resurrection abilities. Oh,
2: I would say so. And you know, what really goes that way? The music when Thrawn comes in.
3: Yeah. you
2: don't use that. That's like, that's like some haunted house, you know, sort of eerie, you know, music. You don't use that. If you're not telegraphing some sort of, you know, magic, uh, witchy stuff.
3: Yeah. And, and and speaking of telegraphing, they really telegraphed in this episode that there is much more to Sabine than I think any of us ever thought. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing how the Night Sisters react to her, because the impression we're given throughout this series is Sabine isn't even close to being a Jedi. And right. yet yeah. the Night Sisters see her and go almost into a panic mode. When they see her and sense her.
2: The whole she reeks of Jedi?
3: Yeah. When we're, yeah. We're, we're led to believe by everybody. That she's nowhere near close to it. The only person who believes she is. Is Ahsoka. Even Sabine doesn't believe she's close to being a Jedi. hmm Well. Like we
2: were talking about with last episode. I, I doubt even. Uh, even Ahsoka. Believed that for a while. Because. She she was so blocked herself,
3: yeah. Oh no, I, I, I agree with that, but I think Ahsoka does believe that there's Sabine can be a Jedi, and I think right. that was well she really does
2: now. Off. I mean, she's completely 180 turned. Yeah,
3: I think that was very much tipped off in this episode by that. Right. I also, you know, what I find so fascinating about this, too, David, is god we we, we are so setting up the the and this is just my me being prediction, and I don't know when it's going to happen because I don't think it's going to happen. We might see one of them happen before Ahsoka is done for this season, but somewhere along the line, we are setting it up for ultimate villain backstabbing across the board because everybody's got, all the villains have their own agendas. Well, I, I will use you until you are not useful to me anymore. Isn't that Star Wars for you? I mean... The Night Sisters are thinking they're using Thrawn. Thrawn thinks he's using the Night Sisters. Um, Balin thinks he's probably using Thrawn. Thrawn thinks he's using Balin. It, it's it's gonna be crazy when all this hits the fan. But before we get to the opposite side of that coin, when we're talking about the return of some heroes, there is one th- other thing I want to bring up. David is. I want to talk about the fact that two of my all-time favorite science fiction actors are now part of the Star Wars lore.
2: I think I know the two you're talking about. First, is first, it, I, is it I, one I, of the one of the great mothers and Captain Enoch? They're both from. Yes. The let, Expanse, let's start. Are
3: they? Let, let's start with Captain Enoch, who is played by Wes, Wes Chatham, who was the character of Amos in the recent classic science fiction show, The Expanse. Which his I do character- not
2: watch, so I'm not saying shit.
3: Oh, I'm going to tell you, David, you need to go watch that show. Um, it is one of my all-time favorite science fiction shows, and he, his character, Amos, doesn't give a shit, and he does his thing, and he is phenomenal in that. But as much as I love Wes, when you talk to me about science fiction television, there is one show that will always come in Within my top one or two. Oh,
2: no, she wasn't the expanse. I was a chick from Farscape, wasn't
3: it? Yep. She, the mother was one of the mothers, was played by the wonderful Claudia Black, who, yes, she was on Stargate. Yes, she's made an appearances and a lot of other things.
0: Mm-hmm. But to me,
3: Claudia Black will always be Aaron's son, who is one of the leads in Farscape, which is one of my all time favorite science fiction television shows. Right now, and, I
2: want I want to talk to you about something fairly important. Okay, and uh, it's kind of a little bit of irony because it it was more this certain thing than another Disney Plus show of another Lucasfilm certain thing, mm-hmm. but the whole Sabine adventure trying to find Ezra thing, right? Mm-hmm. And just on that planet in general, yeah. Didn't that feel like Nakmar and Willow?
3: Can I be honest with you? I was getting a little bit of a Dune vibe from it too, and just in the aspect of Sabine being on this quest. Well, I can
2: understand that, but a lot of it, I was getting a lot of Nakmar vibes. A lot of it felt, especially when you get to the... i am Look, I know they have a name. Everything has a name in Star Wars. Fine. I'm calling them E-Rocks the little turtle people. But when you get to that,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that that feels straight out Willow.
3: Well, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know. As much as I love Willow, I don't know if we should be uh, the movie Willow. I don't know if we should mention anything about Willow on TV. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just
2: saying the irony is it felt more Willow than Willow felt yeah. Willow. But let's talk about talk- and believe me, Disney doesn't want us to talk about it
3: because they pulled the damn thing anyway. So let, let's talk about that because I—that I, was the other other aspect of this that I don't think people enough people played up on when I, they talked about it was I love the journey that Sabrina went on with this. First of all, come on, who who doesn't want a good wolfhound to ride ride and help help you track?
2: Okay, I'm glad you brought that guy up because that was giving me really. Major Willow vibes is in like it looks like a bigger death death dog.
3: Well, it it was fun. I enjoyed it. It's it's the kind of little fun thing that Star Wars does every now and then that I think is necessary. And I that they did it with Sabine and with this with with that creature.
2: Well, every now and then, but they don't do enough of.
3: Well, I mean, yeah, true, if but... you
2: want to go every now and then, then that would have been limited to the animated shows because, uh, yeah, you don't get enough of
3: that in the live well, action stuff. Well, but what, what I what I do think is that I just I loved how, even though this was only like a forty minute episode, forty I think it was forty six was the runtime on this particular like one. That, yeah, forty five um, when
2: you take out the previously on and the end credits.
3: But the but the other aspect of it is is that they made her quest feel like it was something longer, even though in mm-hmm. that short amount of time it felt like it was. It there was more weight to it. It was it was longer than what it felt like, yeah. and then to finally have the reunion with Ezra, or Moses, or whatever you want to call him,
2: <laughs> uh, space Moses. He's gone from space Aladdin to space
3: Moses. To, to just having that moment and have it, I think they portrayed it very well and very powerful between the two of them.
2: They did, yeah. And
3: it gave you all the feels that you wanted from that moment. Mm-hmm. And now... now after that
2: moment, those those went from good, happy feels to, uh, Sabine, why are you lying to him?
3: Well, I think that's something that's going to get addressed here soon but um right you know i think i think she's just i think this is the thing with sabine and that this is the aspect that kind of is interesting with this character and how they portrayed her in the series is sabine still makes the decision she thinks is right yeah no she does and, uh, and sometimes that's not always the right decision so i'm gonna be curious to see how some things play off but This episode really accomplished something that I mean, a lot. I know a lot of people really thought we would see at least Thrawn or Ezra by the end of episode five. We didn't. I know there were a lot of people who were kind of disappointed by that, but I like the fact we see Thrawn very early on in this episode. And yes, we don't see Ezra till closer to the end of the episode, right? But it works. And now all the chess pieces are on the board for the final two episodes.
2: Well again fi- the yeah, the definitely final two
3: so but and that's the other aspect i I need to address quickly and right. we'll talk about it more when we get into talking about episodes seven and eight. but I'm going to reiterate this because I've talked about it on my shows on the Fandom podcast network. I've talked about it with friends. I've talked about it with you David, and even I'm going to reference something to um, our what our good boy Matt said. On Facebook earlier today, the final episode better be like two or three hours. And as much <laughs> as we you know it. what,
2: Matt, Matt, if it is, if is, I'm just going to say, Matt, if it is, then I challenge you to resist the call of us. I'm like, don't resist the call of us. Come home. We
3: need you. Come on, Ezra. So, come on. But what I'm going to say is this. So, and, and, anybody who went into Ahsoka thinking it was going to wrap up in a nice tight bow at the end of the series, it's knowing not, what we know about Filoni's movie, knowing what we know about how they're trying to connect certain things. Right. Um, You're going to be highly disappointed if you think you're going to have a lot of things wrapped up by the end of episode of episode eight of Ahsoka.
2: I, I couldn't, I can agree with this
3: um i think that you had better be prepared that i I think for a lot of people it's going to end in some aspects in a very frustrating way because i don't think there's going to be much resolution and i think we're ending on some serious cliffhangers
2: yeah definitely
3: that some of them might get addressed in um skeleton crew some might not get addressed until much later and yes, it's frustrating for all of us, even though we know the writers are back now and we expect the actors to be back soon. It's still causing delays and we might not get our resolution for a, for another year to year and a half.
2: Yeah, but you know what? And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I'm just going to say this on that note. I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine with that. Waiting is part of the game of a Star Wars fan. You know, Kyle, you know this as well as I do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, now, thankfully, look, whatever you thought about the early days of the sale, and I know we're coming up on the anniversary of it, okay? So regardless of what you think about it, the fact that it happened and the fact that George was... Gracious enough to grant this thing to have a life beyond him, okay, was a blessing. I don't care what kind of you know hyperbolic internet echo chamber nonsense you want to throw at it. It was a blessing because guess what? George could have easily, and you know this as well as I do, pal. George could have easily gone off, walked away, just like Ahsoka left Anakin, just like Ahsoka left the temple, walked away, and took his Star Wars ball and went home. He did not have to, in the slightest, let this thing live past him. And every fan needs to uh you know accept that and move forward and be comfortable with the fact that hey, not everything's gonna be for you. In case in point. I have been having more fun with this Ahsoka for the last, oh, six weeks now. Well, seven realistically at at the time of this recording. But still, I have had more fun with this Ahsoka series than I have had with The Mandalorian. Why? I want to enjoy The Mandalorian, but it's not the show I wanted it to be. And yet I still watch it. Why? Because I podcast. I talk with my brother from another mother, Kyle. All right? I talk about it for all of you. I talk about it because I love Star Wars.
3: And God damn it, that's all I need. So, so we're, we're hitting the point of the podcast. I think, David, we're in agreement. Episode 6 was, was very satisfying. It was, yes. It it gave us a lot of things we've been hoping for to happen in Ahsoka, and I'm glad it gave it to us in Episode 6 instead of waiting until Episode 8. Right, yeah. So here's the part of the podcast where Kyle has fun. Oh,
2: God. I, I love it when Kyle does this. This should be a segment.
3: So, Kyle, I will go off on wild speculation from time to time just for the fun of it. Oh, just to see, oh, just to see what kind of reactions I get. <laughs> so, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I have plotted out certain aspects that will happen and where we will leave off with Ahsoka yeah. and how possibly those things could get resolved. So, David, cool. we'll, we'll, yes. we'll, see, we'll see how much of this is me just having fun, me. Thinking how Dave thinks and me thinking how the um, Disney board of directors. By the so way, good. for
2: audio listeners, he's leaning forward right now, so you know he's serious AF. Yeah.
3: So, so I'm I'm incorporating those three things in my thought process, just so you understand where some of my thought process might be coming from. All right. So my prediction is this: A circle will end with Thrawn and his army of the dead and the Night Sisters, the mothers. Escaping that planet, leaving Ahsoka and our heroes stranded on that planet, and probably in a perilous situation that is going to lead to them discovering whatever it was that Balin was feeling on was sensing on that planet. Oh. That entity and that whatever that is. I think will tie directly into skeleton crew because we've been told skeleton crew is kind of like the Spielberg show of star Wars. Right, right, right. And that it does tie into this. Mm -hmm. I think, I think there's something that will be involved in skeleton crew. That's going to sense that entity, but they, but, but, but we still have to, so skeleton crew maybe senses that entity helps whoever's involved in skeleton crew, find it, Find a way to find Ahsoka while Thrawn is doing his thing in the galaxy. Right. Skeleton Crew ends with their discovery to Ahsoka, but we still don't know how we're going to get to Ahsoka and Ezra and all these characters to bring them back to our galaxy. Okay. I'm following. That, That leads us into either the beginning of Dave Filoni's film or Mandalorian season four, whichever route we go right yeah
2: whichever whichever routes first probably probably mandalorian season four because like i said before mm-hmm. i do not see filoni's film being uh first out of the gate just because of the mando show timetables
3: so if if, it, if it's a full season of mando season four
2: i mean it depends on how fast they get back into the swing of yeah. things so okay
3: so i to. If it's a full season of Mando, season four, the first half of Mando season four will be Mando on some week-to-week bounty missions, much like f-
2: he was doing before he found this little yeah frogling in a potato yeah. sack,
3: and and teaching into in teaching young Grogu the the ways of the Mandalorian.
2: Uh, well,
3: no, you! I know you're going to have to bear with me on this because yeah, yeah, go.
2: yeah, sure, sure, sure.
3: The second half of Mandalorian season two will be hit will be Ahsuk, will be Mando and Grogu getting caught up in what's happening with Thrawn and Thrawn arriving back into our ga- into the Star Wars galaxy.
2: And th- I am Thrawn being really confused and being like, what is this?
3: I believe the end of Mando season four mm-hmm. will be Mandalorian and Grogu meeting up with the characters from skeleton crew yeah and grogu who we know has one of his four sensitivities is kind of a way to speak with animals and we if we're going off of the speculation that the reason what that we grogu actually saw a so the, the whales that grogu sees at the beginning of Mandalorian season 3 are the ones that Ahsoka is riding in mm-hmm
2: okay I can go with
3: that I suppose Well, just, just bear with me
2: the end, of Mando,
3: the end of Mando season 4 will be the Mandalorian the people of skeleton crew and Grogu because Grogu using the force to communicate with a whale on their way to get Ahsoka to rescue Ahsoka and her band of heroes stranded on the planet Which will lead into today's film, which the source of beating Thrawn will be whatever presence that Balin has been sensing on that planet for the entire time. That'll be the source of beating Thrawn's armies and the Night Sisters. And it will be a group led by Ahsoka, the Mando, and Grogu to take down Thrawn and his minions.
2: Okay. All right. I will tell you, though, if I see Grogu riding a Purgle, I'm. I'm, I, I, I'm in a catatonic stupor and not in a very good way.
3: Well, I unfortunately I think there's a there's a chance of that because remember how? No, I said,
2: d- don't you even put that out there, man?
3: Now, David, remember I said when I when I put this in my head, and I know this is way out there, and probably ninety nine percent of it is inaccurate. But I, yeah. I went with the thought process of what we know already, Dave, and the Disney boardroom. And all the Grogu aspect is the Disney boardroom act aspect because yeah, what Grogu- do,
2: do you think I have such an issue with the with Grogu?
3: I know the Disney I know. board.
2: The Disney board is playing merch with that kid.
3: Well, we went, but Book of Boba Fett would not have gone the way it did if the Disney board didn't have input. So that's that's all I'm saying. Yeah,
2: and you know how I feel about that season two ending and the resolution not not the resolution not even the not even being a part of the mandalorian story i
3: don't know i don't i'm just i'm just just saying this is this is just me playing playing procrastinator and i can hear everybody on there on there saying kyle you're way off and that's fine i'm having some fun here people
2: yes he is having fun and i'll just see that fun and raise you the disney board needs to back the hell off
3: and besides that, even though on the recording we're doing right now, I cannot see Mr. Sendon's face. I know there is smoke right now pouring out of that man's ears.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. You cannot see my face, but there is a friend that wants to reiterate my emotions.
3: The last time you, the last time you let him talk, he wouldn't shut up for about five minutes into the recording.
2: I know, I know. See, he knows too.
3: Well, and, and don't and be, don't push me too hard. I I, I have loft cats.
2: Oh, 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 okay. Are you saying stripesy and tummy or grumbier than this guy?
3: Oh, I t- if if they're hungry, you better just get out of the way.
2: Oh, Jesus. So basically, your cats are like little mini puffs from
3: Ghostbusters. I don't, I don't think I don't see them possessing people. I just see them just going through the, go, go going through and getting what they want.
2: Mini puffs don't possess. That's the, that's the dog that does. Oh that. yeah, you're right. You're yeah. right. I thought
3: when, I thought you said pups, not puffs. Ah, uh,
2: okay. Chopper right, was talking well, in the background. Yeah, that's true.
3: On that note, sir, we do have two more episodes of Ahsoka to go in our final final episodes, which doesn't seem like we should be there already. What? I just can't believe we're down to our final two episodes of Ahsoka.
2: Yeah, no, I know, I know.
3: Real quick, though, there's something I do need to shout out. Sure. Props to Disney Plus on this aspect. Okay, if we must. <laughs> you finally realized that releasing things at 3 in the morning might not be the best idea. Especially after... Okay, seeing... all
2: right, all right, all right, all right. I'm glad you brought that up, okay? Okay. Because I need to bring up something about that, Okay. Okay. The, you want to know the real reason why, first of all, I put Chopper in my desk drawer to show them up. But you want to know the real reason why um they moved, you know, their showings to something more decent? Kyle, you and I know this for a fact, that as far as, like, the fall TV programming goes.
3: Oh, yeah, that's a big part of it.
2: They messed up. They really messed up.
3: Well, they allowed strikes to go on way too long.
2: I know because everyone was playing playing the who's got the bigger game, and guess but, what? No one
3: wins in that. Well, I will say this: we win in the aspect of okay. It made them actually experiment and re- and put. Ahsoka out at a reasonable time. That everybody well, okay,
2: wanted. all right, all right. In that, I will give you. But you and I, you and I know it wasn't a, It wasn't the goodness of Disney's heart.
3: You won't, But let's 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 finish the thought because if you want to take silver linings out of things, this is the silver li- lining in this aspect. So now mm-hmm. we have Ahsoka coming out at nine and six, which means we can actually watch it and not have to worry about waking up in the morning and having to avoid social media for spoilers. Well, yeah. Two. Apparently Disney has seen this success and learned its lesson because when Loki season two starts on November fifth. October fifth. October fifth, you're right. I'm it's sorry. Not November. October fifth. Uh, it too will be airing at nine PM Eastern Time.
2: Yeah, I I don't really know. No. This is a Star Wars podcast. We'll talk about Loki. No, I'm,
3: I, 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 I'm not. I'm. The only thing I'm saying is,
2: hopefully this No, means... I know. We'll, we'll talk about
3: Loki some other uh, time. No, I'm not. This is, no, not, let me finish my thought, because this isn't about Loki. I am hoping what this means is that, overall, the lesson has been learned, and going forward with premium Disney Plus shows, whether it's Star Wars, Marvel, or something else, they've realized, 3 o'clock in the morning, Not the wisest decision. That was that was. First of all, that was
2: just stupid. Anyway.
3: Well, I'm I'm not arguing that point. So
2: I don't think any same person would.
3: I'm just saying. Um, Hopefully, the lesson's been learned.
2: Yeah, true, true. But come on, Disney learning lessons. How often has that shit happened?
3: Uh, I think they have. I think they realize they better learn some quick because yeah.
2: Well, uh, uh, if you're basing it on getting repeatedly kicked in the holocrons.
3: Mm-hmm. Well.
2: On that note, uh, <laughs> we've reached the end of the show. Kyle, unless you have any other further thoughts, Dad?
3: Uh The only further thoughts I have is bring on episode seven. Bring, bring on, And we've already seen that at the time of this recording. But bring on episode seven, bring on episode eight. Um, I'm prepared for whatever you throw at me and whatever plot lines you're going to leave dangling but don't expect me to be thrilled when I have to wait probably another year and a half before I have to find out the final fate of Ahsoka and some of these beloved characters.
2: True, true, true. Final fate of Ahsoka is Dave Filoni unemployed, let's be honest. Um, well, gang, now reached. that'll bring us to the end of this episode for Ahsoka Ronan Way of the Tunnel. I am your host, David Sennon. Uh thanks for joining me. And Kyle, thank you for joining me as always, my friend. It's uh always a pleasure.
3: It's always good to be here, but I will say this. It is late. So to me, this is this is the way to head to sleep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that is true. And and we'll just leave you with this, Kane. You can take Star Wars lukewarm, you can take it Mustafa and Hot, or like a vacay on Hoth. But at the end of the day, Star Wars is the way.
0: War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. Thanks for listening to Ahsoka Ronan, The Way of the Tongue.
1: I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn?
0: Power. Such as you've never dreamed.
1: I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him. Just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. I'm counting on you to All see this All
0: Things Star trip. Wars, Lucasfilm is a subsidiary nice of the Walt Disney Company.
1: Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. No! Buckle up. If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain.
0: You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you.
1: I'm not here to discuss my
0: past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. This podcast is meant for informational purposes only. No infringement is intended.
3: War is inevitable.
0: One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. Thanks for listening to Ahsoka Ronan, The Way of the Tongue.
1: I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn?
0: Power. Such as you've never dreamed.
1: I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training, I walked away from him. Just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to All see this
0: Star through. All things Star Wars film is a subsidiary nice of the Walt Disney Company.
1: Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up! If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain.
0: You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you.
1: I'm not here to discuss my past.
0: We have a lot of work to do.
1: Once a rebel, always a rebel.
0: This podcast is meant for informational purposes only. No infringement is intended.